Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Wednesday morning. Hump day, as they like to call it, on a Wednesday. Good morning, Casey McAllister, Paul Fritschner. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Hey, Tom, the Reds are playing some baseball. They are. The Reds are playing baseball, They just lost Tom. two out of three. Red, Tom. last night. They, they, don't get carried away. They won one of their last one. They played a team. They just beat a team that won 100 games last year. That was last year. Mm. As I reminded you frequently during football season, I didn't want to hear about last year. Right? Positive vibes, uh, Tom. Positive vibes. I'm all about positive vibes. But, I mean, let's don't get carried away here. Let's don't get carried away, boys. We welcome you, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way 10, Paul, A to 12, P, Monday through Friday. You can follow us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. Or if you'd like to join us in podcast form, by all means, just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. They tried, oh, Lordy, did they try to give it away last night? But no. The Reds took a 7-1 lead into the sixth. They gave up a run. They get 7-2. Mets got two more in the seventh. They got two more in the eighth. But one thing the Reds do have, they have a good closer. Yes, Alexis Diaz is a good closer. He's a nut cutter. He really is. He, no doubt about it. He uh, closes it out to get the win, 7-6 over the Mets. That's the opener of a three-game series down at Great American Ballpark. Really, before the game even started, the Reds got great news. Remember Max Scherzer, the future Hall of Famer. It's easy for me to say. He was supposed to start, but apparently he had a neck problem, and he couldn't go. So the Mets bring up a guy named David Peterson, a 27-year-old journeyman. Spot start. Reds jumped all over him, scoring seven times in three-plus innings. Now, look, we don't spend a lot of time talking about other major league teams. But for the Mets, they've got to be a little bit concerned on what's going on here. They spent a fortune on this team, by far the highest team payroll in Major League Baseball. And they spent a fortune on two starting pitchers, aging starting pitchers, in Scherzer and tonight's starter, Justin Verlander, in hope, of course, that that duo could pitch him to the World Series. And that still might happen. But both have been hurt. Verlander has only made one start. Scherzer has been largely ineffective when he has started. Remember, he was also suspended for 10 games this year. The Mets have lost 12 of their last 15. They're two under 500, and their manager got thrown out of the game last night. What are they saying in the Big Apple today? We'll talk more about that shortly. On the hardwood. Now, how do you pronounce this guy's first name? Nicola. It is Nicola. Yeah. Okay. I mean, how good is Jokic, right? Two-time league MVP. Last night, he breaks Wilt Chamberlain's NBA playoff record with his 10th triple-double as a center. Okay? The position of center. Denver rolls over Phoenix, 118-102 in game five. Jokic with 29 points. 13 Rebound, 12 assists. Denver leads a series three games to two. They can close it out tomorrow night in Phoenix and get to the Western Conference final. Speaking of league MVPs, 
This year's version, Joel Embiid, not too bad last night for Philly. Pours in 33 as the Sixers win in the Boston Garden. 115-103 Embiid's third straight 30-point game of the series. It got so bad for Boston last night. They're the number two seed now. Their own fans at the Boston Garden were booing them when they fell behind by 21 in the fourth quarter. Philly can close it out at home tomorrow night and get to the Eastern Conference Final. Their opponent, should they get there, could be determined tonight as the eighth seed in the East, Miami, goes to Madison Square Garden with a chance to finish off the Knicks. Miami leads that series three games to one. It's also 3-1 in favor of the L.A. Lakers over Golden State. And L.A. has a chance to reach the Western Conference title round with a win tonight in San Francisco. Better stay up late for that one. 10 o'clock, the tip. In football, the NFL schedule comes out tomorrow night. When, where, against whom will the Bengals be playing in their season opener? We know it's not Kansas City. We were all wondering that. We learned last night that the big one in KC in the regular season will be played week 17, the second-to-last game of the season. That is on New Year's Eve, December 31st. Now, right now, that's on CBS as a 4.30 kick. Could that change to prime time? How about that New Year's Eve? Let's walk through what New Year's Eve would look like if the Bengalis were playing. We'll get to that in a minute. The NFL also announced yesterday the Jacksonville Jaguars will play twice in London in 2023. That's a first for any NFL team. The Dolphins will play the Chiefs in Frankfurt, Germany. A total of five games will be played across the pond, three in London, two in Germany. And lastly, in the NHL, Carolina goes up 3-1 on New Jersey. Dallas beats Seattle 6-3 to even that series at a game apiece. All right, uh, disappointed, um, glad. What word would you guys use to describe uh, how you feel about the Bengals not playing the season opener in prime time against Kansas City, but rather waiting until the last day of this calendar year? Personally, um, I'm in the camp that Bengals start slow. Um However, there have been outside circumstances that have caused that, like Joe Burrow's injury, Joe Burrow's appendix, COVID. It just always seems like there was something that limited him from being 100% ready to go. Um, you know, the decision to not play the offensive line, maybe he, they, they play if Joe Burrow's healthy in the preseason, like a, a quarter. But, you know, it just... I really wanted the Bengals to stay away from Kansas on the opening game. You did. I did because – Or Missouri, either one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, either one. Either They're right next to each other. They're right next to each other. But the, the thing is, you just walk into it with too many unknowns, especially in the secondary. And I don't want for us to be going through this process early on, facing all the really tough opponents – when maybe they don't get their footing until later on 
in the back half of the season, much like the Chiefs last year right. where they had a very young secondary and they really didn't really put it together until the back half of their season. Yep. So I personally am glad that they did not open up with them and that they are quite literally the last game, one of the last games of the season to fight for that first pick. Yeah, I went back and forth thinking a lot about this game because I had talked about it the other day and, and how much I was was or was not looking forward to playing this game. And I think that playing it at the end of the season, in my opinion, makes me more excited for it than what I maybe alluded to the other day because it has the chance to have what feels like more impact on the season at the end of the season than it did at the beginning of the season. I think that I will feel... I will. I think it'll be more exciting for me personally watching that game at the end of the year because if, to what Casey said, if you're starting slow or you have some question marks or you have some guys that maybe you're still trying to figure out what their role is exactly or how well they fit into their role or what their role needs to be, whatever yeah. it, whatever that question and mark got, is, got some of that and going they have on. a lot of that yep. going on, especially on defense. Exactly. So you give them the season to figure that out, and then you put it in in you know you put it at the end of the year when sure every game counts for the same i understand that but it will have heightened expectations at the end of the season because it just will it will naturally feel like that because you know that the playoffs are 2 to 3 weeks away whereas if you play it in game 1 then maybe you have some question marks or maybe you're frustrated with whatever's going on with the team coming out of uh, training camp and coming out of everything else. And then you think to yourself, ah, are they, are they going to be able to get this done in week one? Or is it going to be another slow start? Yep. Then you find yourself behind the eight ball again at 0-1. And then you're kicking yourself in week 18 when you're thinking, man, if we'd have played the Chiefs now, we're such a different team than we were back in week one. Same deal as last year. Maybe you win that game instead of losing that game. And then don't you think, too, at least this is a little something that I think about, if the Bengals lose that game in week one, that just gives even more confidence to the Chiefs. It gives even more of that little yeah. rub to the Chiefs and, and digging into the side of the Bengals and everything else where then the Bengals would have the whole season. We'd have to listen to everybody argue for the whole season. Well, if we, if we saw you now, if we saw you now, and then – Maybe they see him in the postseason again. Maybe they don't. So that's a long-winded way of saying I much, much prefer this game at the end of the year than I do at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you bring up a couple of great points, both of you guys. You know, when you look at uh, the Bengals, let's just look at it from a, a straight personnel standpoint, right? And the questions they're going to have. And, and, and look, uh, Duke Tobin made the comment, I think, yesterday or the day before. This roster is not done. There are still players out there the Bengals are looking at to bring in to put on this roster. And I'm talking about veteran free agent guys. I don't know if you saw uh, who was a former uh, Brewski, Teddy Brewski yesterday, okay. said he thinks Ezekiel Elliott is coming to the Bengals. He thinks that that would be the fit for Ezekiel Elliott coming here. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen or not. But when you look at, at the personnel here, okay, a Awuzie, let's just start with a secondary. You got Cam Taylor Britt. Brand new full-time start, right? You have a Wouzier who's coming all the way back from a knee injury. You've got a guy in Murphy that I think we all agree they just drafted him in the first round that they're going to be counting on, but that would be his first NFL game. 
You have two brand new starting safeties. Okay? So now you're going up against Mahomes and Kelsey and all these guys week one after, as Reed Mouse points out in the chat, I think it's a good point. Right after, you know, they kick the ball off, but you've been watching them get their rings in the ceremony in the pregame while you're standing on the field. Right. They're handing out Super Bowl rings, right? Then you go over to the offensive side where it would be Jonah Williams' first ever game at right tackle in the National Football League if indeed he is the guy at right tackle when all is said and done. That remains to be seen. You're going to have a new running back along with Mixon, if Mixon is still there, and we all believe he'll still be there. But you have a new running back who's going to be back there, uh, and it will probably be a running back who's going to be counted on to provide some pass protection. You have a brand new tight end playing for the Bengals and Irv Smith. So, and, 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 and now, if you, if you fast forward and you play them in week 17 in December, Okay, all of those things I just talked about. Now, is there a risk that other guys get hurt? Of course there is, a huge risk. And let's look no further than what happened last year. By the time the Bengals got to week 18 and then into the playoffs, right, they're down three offensive linemen. So that kind of thing could happen to anybody. But if, if you know, good Lord willing, everybody. So Awuzio A has now had a full season. You, your two safeties, or three, if the rookie comes in and plays. They've had 16 games under their belt at that point. You have uh, Murphy, who has his legs under him as a pass rusher in the NFL, right? You have whoever the running back is, has now played a full season, whether that's the rookie or whether that's they bring in Elliott or they bring in somebody else. Um, your offensive line, by that point in time, Either Williams is having a really good year playing right tackle, if indeed he's a guy, right? Right. Or Lyle Collins is back. Right. Because he's not more than likely, and I, you know, look, I don't know this for sure, and I know when he was here uh, a couple of weeks ago, right around the draft, and he was interviewed and said, you know, if he had to tomorrow, he could put a brace on that knee and get out there and play. Okay, good for him. But – his chances of being out there are a hell of a lot better in December than they are in September, right? Right. So you have, you have a lot of moving parts there besides just the fact that, you know, it's a season opener in Kansas City. Um, I'm with you, Paul, on that whole thing from a psychological standpoint. Everything would be in Kansas City's favor there. Ring ceremony at home. Super Bowl champs, playing a team that has some questions as far as personnel playing for the first time for the Bengals. Um, and after the Bengals had ripped off three straight wins, there's no doubt the Bengals were living in the Chiefs' heads. But then the Chiefs win the big one in the AFC Championship game. If they find a way to beat you again in the first game of the season, now all of a sudden... It's Kansas City who has a two-game winning streak in that series, right? Right. Yeah, I. the more and more you think about it, it just doesn't make sense for them to play. There's just too much in Chiefs' advantage in their camp that you just don't want to mess with. And that leads me to when they do play, which is the 17, or week 17, 
Is that week? Are they moving the playoffs up? Well, or no, no, no. I guess that would be it. Yeah, yeah, that's well, right. Well, it's the same year. as last year. Yeah, it's yeah. the same as last year. My bad. So play the 31st is the second. When we say week 17, that means there's one more week left in the season. Yeah. So week 18, you know, you get a bye week. So that would be what the uh, 31st, that would be the 6th of January. Then you start the playoffs the next week. Yeah. 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 And so this, this game being played at that late in the schedule, I really love that. Um, the fact that it's pretty much, if everything goes smoothly for the Bengals, all injuries aside and whatnot, if they're still on track, that's probably the game for the number one seed. More than likely. And on top of that, they would have already played the Bills. So that, that's another team that you're already, you know, if you've done your business there, like, you're in a pretty good spot. And not just that, you like we've already said before, you have time to get your footing. And the Bengals have shown that they can get their footing down the stretch, that they can keep everybody together. And sometimes I don't need to keep everyone together. You can lose Jamar Chase for four weeks and be fine. But as long as they get healthy at the right time, at that point in the season, I have no doubt in my mind that they can take care of business. I'm all about avoiding the Chiefs as long as possible. So if that means playing them on New Year's Eve, fine by me. Yeah. And last year, New Year's Eve was the college playoff games. Oh, yeah. That was and, a lot of fun And we were wondering, it was brought up, Reed Mouse brought it up, by the way. We looked it up this morning because, uh, you know, college football has taken a lot of heat. Even though last year that Ohio State game broke the all-time record for the highest-rated uh, playoff game when they played Georgia last year. Uh, and that was a New Year's Eve game. But uh, college football has taken a lot of heat about playing those games New Year's Eve. Uh, so this year, and, you know, Reed and I were talking, well, you know, the NFL wouldn't back down to a college playoff game, and the college playoff game wouldn't back down to an NFL game. Uh, we were talking about what if the Bengals played, because there's going to be an NFL game, New Year's Eve at night. That's a Sunday night. Somebody's going to play in the NFL. Now, could that be the Bengals? We keep hearing that, you know, each network that is the primary week in and week out um, uh, place you'd find AFC games, that would be CBS, of course, NFC games you'd find uh, on Fox, that Fox and CBS can protect a single game. When they look at their entire schedule, they can say before, you know, NBC that does one game a week, ESPN does one game a week, Sunday night football, you've got the Amazon package on Thursday night, whatever it is. So each of those networks uh, can protect one game. And clearly, CBS has decided that the game they are protecting and did protect was Bengals v. Chiefs, right? Right. My only question is, does that mean automatically – because then there are some stipulations as you move into the season where you can start flexing out games. NBC's got that kind of power, you know, where they can say, hey, you know, we got the X against Y and we'd rather have the Bengals and Chiefs. Well, can they all of a sudden swoop that game up? And now all of a sudden the Bengals are playing at 8P on New Year's Eve. That'd be nice. That'd be nice if that's the case. You would I, want the Bengals for your New Year's Eve. Rather than taking, you will be ma a married man mm -hmm. for the first time in 2023. Yeah. Right? Yep. So rather than, 
you know, whining and dining your bride. No longer your fiance. No longer your girlfriend. Rather than whining, we know Paul. I mean, you know, Paul's going to do whatever Paul wants to do. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right, know, Tom. They just, they, just, <laughs> they just find a way to make it work. God bless them. But Casey, yeah. normally that's a night where, you know, you, you dress up, right? Yeah. Throw on a sport coat, pair mm-hmm. of slacks. Yep. She gets dolled up, looks beautiful in a dress, whole deal, right? A little makeup, does her hair, and you hit the town, you know, celebrate <laughs> New Year's Eve. You're telling me that you would love the idea and you think your bride-to-be at this point would be along with that program of hanging out somewhere and watching a football game on New Year's Eve. Tom, last New Year's Eve was the college football playoff. You want to know how I spent that? that it's different. It, it, I, spent it, it, I spent it with all my buddies. We all went to a bar with Alex and our respective girlfriends. But we, we all went to a bar. We're sitting there hammering the table, drinking beers, hoping that our sports bets hit. We're just waiting for, for Minkintosh to score a touchdown. He never does. And that's how the entire night was spent, watching the TCU, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State game. And we rushed back to my house, which was like five, ten minutes Did away. Did you hear what I said a second yeah. ago when I prefaced all of this? Yeah, I, I heard Did you. Did you hear the question I asked? There, there, is, a, there is a distinct difference as you're about to find out there is a distinct difference and many of you in the chat although i think we, we you know by and large we have a bunch of guys in the chat that that, that that you know i know a lot of them are married but i think a lot of them are single our boy sir boy wonder right right i mean you know he'll be sitting in a bar in oakley bellied up watching the Bengals on new year's eve no questions <laughs> he'll probably be, he'll at be the there game. he'll probably be there oh yeah well he might be there um but and he's been killing me today, by the way. I thought he and I were tight. He's been lighting me up so far today. We'll get to that in a minute. But hey, <laughs> Casey, are you really sure about this? That that's the way Alex would want to spend New Year's Eve? Is she as hardcore a fan of the Bengals as you are? Um, I think she would understand. <laughs> You're, I think she would. Dude, I, I mean, I wish, you know, you say words and, and philosophies, okay, that in theory are all beautiful things. They're part of your wedding vows, right? Right. Well, I'm going to tell you, all right, if nobody else will, Tracy will tell you. A lot of those are theoretical. <laughs> and then there is reality. Words like, I think she would understand well are you sure about that well if we just take a look at the history of how i've spent new year's eve with alex um the first time we ever had new year's eve was the first time i was ever drunk puking my guts out so we didn't get to kiss on the new year's eve oh no Were, were you throwing up already by midnight oh yeah oh casey it was a really bad night the casey. second time the second time we were at a party with a bunch of people, and we we were able to make it to the ball, the ball drop. Okay. The third time we were going to a party that ended up getting canceled, so we just kind of spent it with her family. 
think the fourth time, which was this time, we were watching the college football playoffs. And we were all tanked up, eating wings. Somebody said that means you have three white claws. (laughs) Three white claws. Ouch. I think I could do a little better than that. Make it four. White claws. But no, I... I don't know. I, I she's never wanted to dress up for New Year's Eve, but okay. maybe I'll I'll ask. Maybe she can just answer in the chat right now. I'm sure she's listening in. Alex, I would love to hear from Alex. Alex, are we going to watch the Bengals game for New Year's Eve? Is it for sure? I'll be honest. I didn't see this this morning. Is it for sure at 4:25? Yes. That's right now. But and, it could and flex. I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, out loud. You know, with with CBS protecting that game. Um, and there are limitations, by the way, on the thing about NBC uh, when it comes to flexing. You know, for example, traditionally, although it has certainly swung the other way with all the great quarterbacks in the AFC, Traditionally, over the last couple of decades, most of the big games, most watched games, are teams that play in the NFC. I mean, you go through the years, the Cowboys are always a huge ratings bonanza, no matter when they play. I mean, every network, if they had to pick one team to televise, that would be the team they pick. I mean, it's not even remotely debatable. They would pick the Dallas Cowboys. Good, bad, or indifferent. You had the Cowboys. You had some Giants teams that were great teams. You had 49ers teams that were great teams. You had Green Bay, Brett Favre, and then Aaron Rodgers. And all, you know, so most of the time, um, when NBC could pick a game, pluck a game for Sunday night on the Flex, um, if they had their way, more times than not, they'd be plucking one of those you know, um, uh, NFC games. But, but Fox is not going to get rated, nor is CBS now with the AFC being stronger. They're not allowed to get rated every single week by NBC and pick the best game off of their schedule that weekend and put it in prime time. I think there's a certain number you're allowed to say, okay, over those last six weeks, you can take three from CBS, you can take three from Fox. You can't take five and one. But I just wonder if by protecting that game from it being the season opener, which will be on NBC. Um, does that mean they can protect that game, period, for that Sunday night? That's their one game the whole year that no matter what, nobody can touch. For Sunday night? Period. Hmm. I mean, I think. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with how the, the way I'm it's structured. Either. I'm just curious. I'm curious. I imagine that's how it... I mean, that's what they've been saying or been telling us, right? That for all these broadcasting companies, it's just, it's. Personally, it's going to be a great way to spend New Year's Eve. I'm not a huge New Year's Eve guy. Had some fun last year. What'd you do last year? Went down to the Betfred Sportsbook Party down at Moorline. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think I remember that. Yeah. Where was it? Down at Moorline. They oh did it. That's they, nice. They did like a little. They having another one this year? Are we invited? I mean, they're 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 well, our big sponsor here. I, one it was it was a launch thing because the sports betting was launching at midnight, so we went down there. It, it was it was it was just kind of like a bar that we knew we could get into. 
because everywhere else is packed. We knew we could get in there. So that's a beautiful there, building. Watch the watch the games. Yeah, it was great. I mean, of all the buildings down there, that's the most the the, the most uh, beautiful of any of them down there. Moreline, yeah, yeah. I mean, great. Oh yeah, a lot great. of glass. Look out over the river. They got the patio out there going right. Keep it heated up. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were. Yeah. Was so great. you're telling me that Phil, I've asked Casey about this. So now we shift gears to you. Yeah. All right. So. You were just saying about New Year's Eve, pretty low-key, right? Um, I mean, as far as not dressing up and all that kind of thing. So if the Bengals end up New Year's Eve, what happens with you, the two of you? Well, if it's 425, that's plenty of no, time. No, no, no. I'm saying if it gets moved to night. I'm watching it regardless. Yeah, time. I don't think that – yeah, that don't matter. I'm watching that game that because that, that is the, the game. That doesn't matter. We're, I mean, yeah, we're past the point. We, we understand expectations here. Ground, ground rules have been laid. We know where we're at. Because if I'm being honest, I'm going to be with a bunch of people that probably all want to watch the game anyway. Like, I know, I know right now where I'm probably going to be. Now, the one little kind of, I don't know, caveat to this is sometimes Xavier does play on New Year's Eve oh boy the Big East does like playing New Year's Eve games and we won't know the schedule until September so that would take precedent for me but I don't know if I I, I doubt it Xavier had a home New Year's Eve game last year and they like to rotate those so my guess would be that it would be an away game this year um I mean if they play at all I, I don't know what the schedule would be but that would be the one little caveat it's a Sunday I can't imagine they'd play a Xavier game on a Sunday, New Year's Eve. At, but maybe. You never know. So the question is, January 1st, generally, I mean, now we're really getting into the nitty-gritty of this conversation. Because 99% of the world will be off the next day on January the 1st. That's a Monday. And that day, some of you were saying, wait, I thought college football played on New Year's Eve. If you missed it, I had said earlier, college football playoffs this year January the 1st, both semifinal games, January the 1st, national championship, Monday, January 8th. So what are we going to do? For Monday? Biggest Bengals game maybe of the year. It's a big maybe. All of us are getting carried away, me included, at the very top of the list saying, oh, it's home field advantage. We don't know what's going to happen. We know there are two very good teams, and they'll be playing week 17. But on Monday, January 1st, which is a holiday for most. I see where this is going. Where will we be off the bench? We'll be doing the show live from Kansas City Live. <laughs> really? On the stage. You see Back the at new the casino. budget I'm unaware of? We'll be out there. Bring, yeah, we'll be good. We'll, we'll be a live at that Ameristar once again. Yeah. Having a grand time. I think that's an easy answer, Tom. And I'll be here alone with an Probably, intern. Maybe me. Maybe I'll stay back. It's not like we're going to get an invite. You and me can well, just be here. we didn't here. get one last oh, year. Oh, what? It's a very good point. Well, we didn't get one last year That's when you guys we went. That's exactly right. <laughs> wow. Uh, Chad that? says, I'm a nut cutter, Tom. I'll be working that day. Yeah, I think we'll all be working just a little bit hungover from the day before. That would be my, my that would be my guess is that we're all going to be here. In the if the Bengals the lose, day. maybe we're all just a little extra hungover. 
<laughs> Sir Boy Wonder says, I'll be the intern and run the show for you, Tom. Now, wouldn't that be something? Oh, yeah. Sir Boy Wonder dialed him. in. I'll teach him. I'll teach him the ropes. You just come on in. But so then on well. second thought, he says, I'll be watching Ohio State, Georgia in a rematch of the semifinal, and I'll be there on January 1st. <laughs> Do we know where they're playing it at? Yeah, they're playing uh, at um, – one of them is at the Rose Bowl. How cool is that? Ooh, that's cool. Really cool. And the other's at the Sugar Bowl. That's down in uh, New Orleans, a national championship game. Does Houston get every big event now? I'm st- they had the final four. Yeah. Right? Haven't right. they recently had a Super Bowl? Mm, that I don't know. I They've know. got the college football national championship there this year. It's not a good city for big events either. It's so spread out. It's really bad, yeah, because it's so spread out. It takes forever to get everywhere. You have yes, to, it does. Houston yeah. traffic is as bad as anywhere in the country. Yeah, and you have to Uber everywhere. It's, it's not conducive to big events at all. You look at cities like Indianapolis, which was born to be a city to host events like that. New Orleans, Las Vegas. New Orleans is the best of them all. When I was doing the BCS uh, stuff and did three national championship games in college football, by far, the best for the fans is New Orleans. The best. I mean, you've got probably a decent chance of okay weather. Right? I yeah. mean, it's, it's New Orleans. It's January. But you got a good chance to be pretty decent. Okay? It could be in the 60s during the day, something like that. Right? Um, you can walk everywhere, including the stadium. You don't have to get a cab to the Superdome. If you're staying right down there in the quarter, anywhere in downtown New Orleans, it not have to be the quarter, anywhere in downtown New Orleans. Um, of course, you're risking your life in that town. Uh, that's a murder capital of the world now. But... You can walk to the stadium. In which town? New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. Number one. Has surpassed St. Louis. First time St. Louis is not number one in a decade. So, but, but, but look, they'll have everybody out. I'm saying that tongue in cheek. But you can walk there. You can go to the game. You can drink all the beer you want to drink at a game. And you can walk back to the hotel. Casey, okay, so you can come back and get sick at the hotel. Of course, a lot of people just get sick in New Orleans. But... That's the truth. Um, but that's the best. The best. Rose Bowl, Pasadena, I love. Great, cool town. But you're not walking. You, could you walk? Yes. If you're somebody who's fit, yeah. You can walk to the Rose Bowl. But it's, it's a good hike. Phoenix, no chance. Middle of nowhere. And I mean nowhere. Out there in Glendale. Right? Uh, Houston, like you said. Middle of nowhere. Cabs, Ubers, traffic, the whole nine yards. You're right. Indy, fantastic. But nothing like New Orleans. So anyway, that's where the uh, college football semis are going to be. The Rose Bowl in Pasadena. uh, The All-State Sugar Bowl, Monday, January 1st. Back-to-back doubleheader. How about that weekend? And to usher in the new year. Oh, my gosh. How about that weekend? It's going, to be, it's going to be electric for us. For who? For us. Just uh, in, in terms of... For us, of, this show. For us, you and Alex. For us, your friends. Anyone, Who's us? I mean, just with, with all the events us. that are going on. <laughs> all, the big, all the big events that are happening. Us. Who's Chatterbox? us? Chatterbox. Who is us? Chatterbox. I'm asking Nut you a Cutter question. Nutcutter Nation. Nutcutter Nation. Chatterbox. 
the people that are in this room, us. But, Tom. Yes. You think you're going to go to that if OSU makes it to any of the semi games? Would I go? Yeah. No. No chance. Well, I'm not going to say no chance. It, it all depends. Um, you know, when you have when you have kids, and, and in this case, it's going to be the first time for Polly and me where we're empty nesters here coming up in a few months, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 you know, I'm going to ask a lot of you to kind of bear with me because I'm one of those guys. I'll hear some people say, and I know they love their kids like crazy. But I'll hear some people say, man, I can't wait to be an empty nester. Well, I am at the complete polar opposite end of the spectrum. No one is more down and out at the thought of being, and has nothing to do with not wanting to be around my wife. It's just been all about the kids for 20 years. Having dinner with them, talking to them, sporting events, school events, DECA, all that. I mean, morning, noon, and night. Problems, ups, downs, puberty, everything. Graduations, dances, the whole deal. And then all of a sudden, gone. Casey and I are more than willing to go out to dinner with you and Polly any, whenever. If you just need some younger company, we're more than willing. I'll volunteer, <laughs> Casey. You know what? I, I think that we should have a dinner, maybe in the fall, after Luke's off to Indiana, Right? Ella's back down there at TCU. And the six of us will go to dinner. And we can get into all of the conversation. Newlyweds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Somewhere on that spectrum. (laughs) I I don't know where that is. Getting close. I don't don't know know where that is. I don't know, fellas. I wish. I wish. Does she ever ask you about that? Yeah. I mean, come on. No, she does. She she does ask me. I, in fact, we actually had a conversation about it the other night, uh, and I was just like, "Look, we gotta, we gotta make sure that financially there we have some things settled here for a little bit before." It's like it's like the glimmer. It's like it's like there's an oasis somewhere down the line. You just gotta hope that you can get there, And you just hope it's not a mirage financially. That's where we're at. That's where I'm at, at least. Okay. I'm hoping. That's I'm, understandable. I'm very, I, I am mean, very. I get it. I'm very I hopeful. It. I get it. Sooner rather than later. Uh, a lot of very nice gestures out there uh, from many of you. And I like Fred's idea. We need a Chatterbox charity cookout for the chat. We do. See, now we could do that on a Saturday afternoon with a little college football somewhere. Just have a big old cookout. Is there a nice park somewhere? Got to be here in Hamilton, close by, right? Or maybe we split the difference from where all our, you know, viewers and chat members are coming from, points all over. Could go to, you know, somewhere maybe in Mason. There's a great park right down the road. We can go watch Reed play the Cincinnati Adult Baseball League. They got some picnic tables. They have a grill. We go down to Foundation Field. We can do a big cookout. We can watch Reed play baseball. He does that every Wednesday night and every Sunday morning. We do one big chatterbox cookout on a, a midweek, a hump day cookout. It's not a bad idea. I, th- I think it's a great idea. 
Reed chimes in, says, if I need a puppy, I already have two dogs. I don't need another puppy. Uh, OJ's 94 Broncos says, <laughs> I couldn't stomach food and watch Reed play baseball at the same time. And, of course, Sir Boy Wonder says that uh, I could just host all of the chat at Jeff Ruby's on my tab. Mm. <laughs> now, wouldn't that be something? Does that include me and Paul that are writers in the chat? Like, we, we, we frequent the chat. Of course. Yeah. Okay. okay. Just double checking. You guys are like the headline act. Mm. I mean, I basically, you know, if you stop and think about it, okay, you guys, you know, Casey to a lesser extent than Paul because of his work with Xavier, okay? But when Off the Bench started, it gave me a chance to kind of get my career kind of up and moving again, right? And forever grateful for it. But the two that have benefited by far the most on this operation are you two guys. You have become, if not yet household names, you have reached the point where guys are showing up to make a delivery at your house or you walk in to pick up a pizza or whatever it might be and people are going, hey, you're Casey from Chatterbox. <laughs> hey, that's Paul Fritschner. He's right? Not, he's not lying. We have gotten that a couple of times. I haven't not had that recently. More than a couple. Not Cutter Nation has has turned out when we have when we have run into people in public. It is fun. It I, fun. I always enjoy doing that. Like seriously, whether it's whether it's somebody, whether it's a Xavier fan or whether it's whoever, and you just kind of run into people in public, you get to chop it up about sports a little bit and then make a new friend and Keep on rolling. It's a good time. NCN is, is far and wide now. The, the net is just ever-expanding. Blowing up by the thousands. Uh, Nutcutter Nation. All right. We were talking about the Kansas City thing. Okay, we know now it's not going to be on opening night. So then we were trying to figure out. We'll get to the Bengals in a sec. Okay. We were trying to figure out, when you look at Kansas City's home schedule for this year, and we told you they're playing um, overseas uh, for this coming, this coming year. They're playing in Germany um, this year. Um, Tom. Against Miami. Yes. Tom, I, I am going to interrupt this, and, and we don't need to go on about it or whatever, but I am going to at least update a headline here. Sure. Pete Thamel did just report that West Virginia and Bob Huggins are finalizing details for him to return to the sideline next season in the wake of him using an anti-gay slur in a radio interview earlier this week. He's expected to receive a suspension, a $1 million salary reduction, and sensitivity training. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to put that out there as a little bit of breaking news. That's big news. Yeah. That's very, very big news. There are going to be some people out there who um – are going to say, okay, that is a punishment. There are going to be others out there who say, um, not enough. They want blood. That's just reality. I have, um, I've faced it and I've seen it. I've had in my many, many, many dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings with those in the, uh, the leaders of the LGBTQ community here, um, I have found uh, an unbelievable, extraordinary, by and large, um, 
community of forgiveness and mercy and grace. Uh, and I could rip off the names Ryan Messer, Evan Millward. Uh, there, there are just so many others. Sid Ziegler nationally out in California. Um, Rick Worth over at the Children's Home of Northern Kentucky. Uh, all gay men. Uh, and I've also uh, sat face to face with many others who, uh, who, who ripped me up one side and down the other right to my face and publicly. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Um, there are extremes in this world. There's out here and there's out here and then there's here. And I think most of us in this world do not want to see blood. I really believe that. There are a lot out there that do on this side and there are a lot out there that do on that side and they're entitled to their opinion just as much as everybody else. But I've never understood rooting for people to be ruined. Now, did those people bring it on themselves? Did I bring it on myself? 100%. No doubt about it. If I could turn back the clock, would I do it all over again? No doubt about it. Have I come to learn with that word that I said and that Bob Huggins said, uh, what that word means to so many in the gay community? No question about it. And I'm forever sorry about it. And I'm ashamed of it. And I'm embarrassed by it. And um, some nights keeps you awake. But I don't know at the end of the day for anybody. And I have a lot of people out there just like you that I don't like. Um, and I don't like what they stand for. And I don't like some of the things that they do. And does that mean all of a sudden that their entire world should be completely uh, uh, torn apart? Um, I don't root for that for anybody. Some out there do. And many of you have, uh, many of you have let me have it. And that's okay. I love the ones who let you have it face to face. I love the ones who just tell you to your face. And if you want to let me have it on the internet, put your name on it. Don't hide behind some fake account, okay? That's okay. And I mean, I've had guys here in town, a couple of guys on city council uh, that ripped me publicly. And when they had a chance to sit down face-to-face, -face, ripped me in person. And then we had a chance to talk and visit and talk for a long time and have gotten to know each other ever since. And I think we have found common ground that, um, you know, there's a lot more to, to, to people in this world than maybe one thing or one moment of their lives. There's a lot more to every single one of us. I thought Paul Doherty wrote at least something that's food for thought, even if you wanted Bob Huggins fired yesterday or today or forever. Does that exchange define who he is? and what he has done for 40-plus years. Where he's become a father figure to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young men, primarily African-American men, 
who most never had a dad around. And all would tell you that. In the book that Bill Cook wrote about Bob Huggins, it goes on to talk about all of these players 30 years ago that to this day, they look at Bob Huggins as being their father and the difference that he has made in their lives. Does that count for anything? That's up to you to decide. It's not up to me. Um, anyway, uh, Paul, thanks for that breaking news and that yep. update. Okay? Yep. yep. Just okay. Um, I want to get back to, real quick, um, to this Chiefs thing. Because if, if, if do we all agree, or, or should this even be debatable? Do we all agree that Kansas City will be the opening game at home in the NFL schedule this year? Uh, well, I mean, I is Kansas, that a slam dunk Kansas for you? Kansas City and Philadelphia, probably, right? Well, there's rumors that it's week two. There's oh, from okay. from Donna Kelsey, the mom of oh. the, the Kelsey brothers. Okay. So I don't know how legitimate that is, but I, Tom, I I don't know. I can't quite remember, but the opening games have not. Well, the last couple seasons have not been. Like, wasn't it Tom Brady and the Cowboys last year? Uh, Or was that that the Sunday night opener? I can't remember all the different... That's a good question. But there's been... No, I think the Rams did open the season last year on Thursday night. It's usually the Super Bowl winner and another team. I just can't remember. Was it the Rams and Bills and then they got mollywopped that game? (laughs) I haven't heard that term in a while. I've never heard that term. I've heard it, but I haven't heard it in a while. Mollywop? Is that I don't think beat that's bad. Tom? <laughs> beat them bad. Beat them bad. Beat them down. But anyways, I do I do think it's gonna be the Chiefs, but if you look at the the Chiefs, they they play the Bills, that could be potentially what they do. They uh They yeah. play Miami, which that, that's already been determined, I think, where they play that at. Um, they have a divisional opponent that they could play, Chargers, Denver, Raiders, of course. They play – and there's not very many <laughs> – they have got a lot of easy games at home. Um, they play Detroit. You're talking about the Chiefs? Yeah. Well, they got they, – they, they have divisional games against Denver, um, the – um, Chargers and Las Vegas. Okay? Yeah. And then of the remaining games, you have Buffalo, Bengals take that one out, Miami take that one out, because that's going to be in Europe. So now you're down to, if you want to put the Chiefs on week one, you are down to Philadelphia, rematch of the Super Bowl, yep. the Detroit Lions, up and coming, Chicago Bears, no chance. No chance. Uh, and Cincinnati Bengals, and oh, I mean, and Buffalo Bills. For me, uh, if it's not Philadelphia, which is what I would want to see, and if I'm the league, that's what I want to see. Right. Right? I want Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, this Philadelphia defense. They've added to it by bringing in Carter. They bring in Smith. They got all these animals chasing the quarterback all over the place and lighting people up, Right. Right. All right. That's the game I want to see. But if not, the next one I want to see, since we know it's not the Bengals, is Buffalo. Yeah, I agree, Tom. I think in that order, Eagles, Bills, those are the two teams I want to see 
if it's not if it ends up not being though the Chiefs opening day, what matchup do you think it's going to be? If it's not the Chiefs on the opening as Well, the, the only team. other team that you're going to think about, uh, the other two teams that you're going to think about if you just want ratings in the opening game of an NFL season are going to be through the roof ratings wise no matter what, right? Right. Okay. Well, the Cowboys got to the playoffs and and again lay an egg. Right? But there again, they're the ratings team, the Dallas Cowboys. You got Philadelphia. Let's take a look at what Philadelphia's, um, what does Philadelphia's home schedule look like? If you were going to start the season there. Let's see what they'll look like. So you have, obviously, their divisional games. You're not going to put a divisional game on week one. You're not going to do that. No. Right? No. Okay. So they, they play the Bills, the 49ers. Now, see, there's, a, there's yeah, right, right out of two. the gate, NFC Championship game, right? Right. Okay, possibility. Yeah, I could see that. The, obviously, the Cowboys, Miami. And Vikings. I, if it were, if I were the league, I think it's probably going to be. It should be the Eagles and the Chiefs. That's what it should be. Yes. But just from what I've heard, or just I, I'm going to trust Donna Kelsey because of her her two sons, Donna, and how she's been uh, uh, not a favorite of the NFL, but she she probably could know something if she. If she does know something, she could know something is how I'm going to put it. Um, I would actually do Dallas versus Eagles as the opening day one. Just because the Dallas Cowboys are the ratings and the Philadelphia Eagles, that, that's a heated rivalry. It's two really good teams, and they split. I, I'm pretty sure they split games last year. So that's what I would do if I were the league. All right. Uh, okay, so we cover that, but let's get to what people really want to talk about as far as what you want to talk about, and that would be who do you want the Bengals season opener to be? Now, here are your options, right? We know it's not Thursday night, so it could be just a regular old 1 o'clock game. I don't think there's any way on God's green earth the Bengals are not playing either Sunday night or Monday night. They will be on in prime time that opening weekend against somebody. My opinion. So I want all of you to think about this. All right? We're going to take a little break. And then we're going to come back and I want to hear from a chat. The Bengals season opener. Should it be on Sunday afternoon? Should it be on Sunday night? Or should it be on... (laughs) You know what that is? Monday night. Dun 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 dun. dun, 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 uh, you know, dun, dun. Uh, Reed, that's right. Monday night foot. Someone's uh, Reed says you can't play at one o'clock at home because the Reds play. Okay, so call it a four thirty game. Even better. I mean, I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean, the Reds are going to have about eight thousand people at the game that day when the Bengals are opening up. I don't care who they play that weekend. They'll be competing for a wild card spot. They'll be selling the place out. Did they expand 
where half the teams in a league make it. If they did, they still wouldn't make it. Oh, that hurts. It's a truth. They're 15 and 20. They got some wiggle room there. They do have I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. They get some wiggle room. All right, Ham and Eggers. We're going to talk about who you want the Bengals to play. The season opener. Okay? Could be at home. Could be on the road. 1P, 430P, 8P, Sunday night. Or Ham and Eggers. ba 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 Take it away. It's that type of the show, the ham and eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Bengals report. Oh, go ahead. Casey, you had it. I was just about to say um, before you you start um, that we're going to get right into the Reds right after we talk about the opening game for the Bengals. And we're also going to potentially, I don't know if we'll have enough time, um, do some the logo tier maker for yes. uh, the, the NFL teams. And then we might, we might do some phone calls if we have enough time. I will put up the phone number here shortly for everyone to dial in so we can see what the interest is in that. And you just call in. Enter in the code, and you'll be put in a waiting room, okay? So um, we'll, we'll get to that here in a minute. But before you start yes. doing this, I have, I wanted to show something. You know what? Let's just do the let's do the promos. Okay, I'll roll yeah, through it real quick. You. I'll roll through it real quick. Yep. The Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. I think what I'm going to start doing is just backing up where I stop it and seeing how much of the ad you can do just on your own. That that would be tough. By the end, you just do the whole (laughs) ad on your own. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There is also a new premium alkaline water, and it is Pawnee. We have got a bottle over right here to the right of us. Tastes fantastic. Made in Hamilton, Ohio, Pawnee uses natural limestone filtration. Unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use, the result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at PawneeWater.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Drink Pawnee Water, get your coffee from UDF, bet with Bedfred, and get your technology solutions from Encore. Tech. I actually pubbed Pawnee Water yesterday. I, again, I, I was down there meeting with a, with a nutritionist to try to figure out if I can eat a little healthier, maybe gain a little weight, look a little older, you know, to actually get my get my physical life together. And uh, we were going through waters, and I, I pitched him Pawnee Water. Big on the idea. All right. What do we got here, Casey? I, you know, we had this we had this huge fight in the chat yesterday about, you know, uh, Chad, you, you you being a Goshen guy, I get it. You you, you dug me a little bit, and, and it, there was some fighting, and you know, I, I I put you in timeout, and that's not really nice. But I just wanted to show this this last little. Um, closing argument here that uh we currently are the winners of the uh of the game uh, against goshen uh we beat them 45 to 22 
this last uh, last year. So um, trophies here in Blanchester. I don't know if you want to take that from us or not, Chad, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what you guys can do this upcoming season. Tom, who's your team for uh, week one? Week one opponent for the Bengals. All right, look, there are a couple things here. Um, our good friend uh, Paul Daner Jr. from The Athletic points out. Okay, if you're thinking about primetime games for the Bengals, if you want to get off to a good start, you probably better play at home. I had no idea of this. This note from Paul Daner Jr. Joe Burrow has ended right all kinds of streaks since he took over as quarterback. Playoff wins, he's had a Super Bowl appearance, long winning streaks. Okay, you name it. One thing, though, remains. The Bengals have lost 13 consecutive road primetime games. 13 in a row. Burrow has started three of those. In fact, in this century, century, the Bengals in road primetime games are 1-22. and 22. The last time they won a road primetime game, you have to go back to 2013, and that was a Thursday night game against Philadelphia on the road. Think about that for a minute. So, with that in mind, uh, if I am uh, thinking who would I like to see him play, season opener, I think the game without a doubt, without a doubt. Don't the Buffalo Bills come to town? Yeah. Yeah. This year? Yeah. Okay. I mean, come on. I mean, that right there to me is that game occurred on a Monday night with DeMar Hamlin, right? Right. There's a chance, well, very good chance he's coming back to play this year. Yeah. He's on the roster. On the roster, working out. For me, biggest no-brainer in the league. Biggest no-brainer. I'd put it on Sunday night instead of Monday night. It would be the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills at Paycor State. Although putting it on Monday night, I mean, that, that, that completes the circle, especially if that young man's on the field, right? Right. The storyline's all there. And plus, I don't know if you mentioned this, but you don't want that possibility that DeMar Hamlin gets hurt before they play. You know, you want to complete that storyline, that yep. arc, before anyone gets hurt. Yep. Or before the, the team's aren't competitive like if they were to lose some guys so i um i agree with that i was not actually going to go there um mainly because i think that you can maybe get away with that later on but but that that is a really good a good way to start the season the first monday night game of the year buffalo versus cincinnati you complete that storyline that's a no-brainer for the league yep I was actually gonna go with the Ravens. I like that. I like that or, too. Or, or just a divisional opponent as their opening game. I like playing divisional opponents opening games because 
that's the team that you know the best because you play them twice a year anyways. You get one of those divisional games out of the way. You get potentially first place early on in the season. Just a lot of benefits from that game. It's all, It's a lot. It's kind of the same argument with the, the Chiefs, but but to a different extent because you get another chance to play them and it's for your division and it, you know, you, you get to make your, your placeholder in the division. Like you get to, you get to crown yourself at first, not crown, but I'm struggling with the word I'm trying to think of here, but you get to put yourself, at assert first yourself, place, assert yourself at first place to start the season or lay an egg like they did against a divisional opponent last year. Well, they, should have won that game, but well, they well, didn't. They didn't. And Burrow got nearly knocked out for the season. His first pass attempts a pick six, if I remember right. Right? Yeah. Okay. But that, that, so, there I mean, was a lot of know. circumstances to that game. But they more than made up for that. Paul, I think the well, Ram- I mean, is, is your is your game real quick, Casey, to make sure I got it. You want Baltimore here in the season open. Or Buffalo. Which one do you want? I want Baltimore. Okay. Lamar Jackson rolling into town. Yep. Some of the chats say overrated Lamar Jackson. Tom, your pick was Buffalo? For sure. Okay. And your pick was Baltimore? Yeah. Okay. Those were my two picks. I will go with the... Okay. I'm just going to pick one of the home teams because it would be fun to see them play the 49ers on the road. But I would rather it be a home game to open the season. Let's go with the Colts at home. Let's get a W under our belt. Get so that Col- would be an afternoon game because you're not putting that game in prime time. No, let's get the Colts out of the way. Week one. Get a win. Just get an easy one. Let's get it. Just get a win under your belt. I don't need to see Minnesota at 1 o'clock at home. Don't need to see that. Well, you don't have any faith in Anthony Richardson? Well, I know Casey, we know that you're a guy. It's your guy, Casey. That's your guy. That's my guy. Anthony Richardson. Let, let, let's, That's your guy. We'll I will see pre- how his career goes. I hope it goes well because he seems like a decent young man. I sure hope so. I've heard a lot of good things so far about him and, and just what he's done at the organization so far. Some of the training camp stuff. But... Always root for him. Always root for him. Yeah. I'll go with the Colts at home. You really believe the Colts are going to be? I'm not saying what you want. I'm asking oh. what you think think is going to happen oh I thought you said what you know I'm want. sorry well yeah I mean what I would like is to see a team that the Bengals could easily beat at home in week one what I think will happen would be the Bills or the Ravens it's doesn't it have to be the Bills on Monday night it feels I mean, like doesn't it have to be the Bills mm. I mean two of yeah. the top teams two of the top quarterbacks and everything that happened on that tragic nearly, it was tragic, but it, it didn't turn out tragic. It was terrible when it happened. But thank God, and, and, and thank God through the help of those on the field at the time and those here in Cincinnati and the medical people um, and, and him coming back now. It has to be the Bills and the Bengals. If you put that game on a Monday night in October or November, it's not the same. It would be good, but it's not the same. Agree or disagree? I don't know. I think it would be. 
I think whenever they play this Bills game, it's going to mean a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to mean a lot. I just – the problem, like I said before, is, like, the injury thing. Like, if, if DeMar Hamlin got hurt and he missed the Bengals game, oh, man, they just missed the, you know, the gold rush of just of media material that was there. You know, you're, you're missing out on the, the ratings. He's got to be there for it to matter, right? So that's well, no, why but I think they're not. They don't have time to know that. They're right. releasing the schedule tomorrow night. I know, no, but no, that's he's what saying I'm saying. That that's why they should put it week one and then. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why they should do it early. Yep. Get it out of the way. Make sure that he's there. And maybe, maybe he's not going to be ready by, and, and it'll get pushed back because of that. That that could be a case too. I just, I don't know. It, it'd be. Uh, that's a tough one, but I, I think they should get it done early if, if he's healthy and ready to go by week one. Okay. All right. I, I, I think it's got to be the Bills. It has to be. And if it's not, I hope it's the Ravens. Um, how would you feel about a road opener for the Bengals? Going to Baltimore. Going to Pittsburgh. Going to Cleveland. Well, they... Going to the 49ers. How about Vendels v. 49ers in San Francisco week one? That would make me nervous. Really nervous. I got to tell you, it wouldn't make me nervous. What? It would not make me nervous at all. That defensive because line. Because is... I understand a defensive line, but I mean, as far as, as a young secondary or new secondary, the 49ers ain't carving somebody up. Now, they can run it. I thought Brock Purdy was your guy. I like Brock Purdy. I don't know if Brock Purdy's going to be back. He says he is, but I don't know if he is, and I don't know much at all, and I don't think the 49ers know much at all about Trey Lance. What do you know about him? I mean, do you know any anything more about him than you do Jordan Love and Green Bay? I don't. No, not really. Now... But they got some dudes that can run it, and they got some dudes that can can uh, get to the quarterback. There's no doubt about that. So if you're worried about your offensive line there in week one and the things we talked about earlier with Jonah Williams at right tackle, whoever is at right tackle, um, yeah, Bosa and those guys, that that certainly would concern you to play them in week one. But we will find out officially tomorrow night. I wonder if the league's going to leak out a, a few more games tonight. I mean, they let out. This Bengals v. Chiefs in week 17, right? They let out, in fact, they announced the games that are going to be played in Europe with three in London and two in um, Frankfurt, Germany. Which, by the way, you talk about one of the most fun places in the world is Frankfurt, Germany. I was over there doing NFL Europe for Fox. Yeah. Um, Good Lord. Is that a big league place? I had a couple games over there. Um, Anyway. um, Okay, so we'll find out if maybe the league, you know, lets a kind of other few things slip out. The big stuff they're not going to let slip out. Uh, They're not going to let slip out the season opener or that first weekend of Sunday night or Monday night football. 
All right. Anything else football-wise, uh, Casey or Paul, you guys would like to cover before we get to the Bengalis? I mean, before we get to the Red Legs or before we get to the NBA? Anything else on your mind? No. Let's get, let's get right into the Red Legs. Okay. All right. They catch a break last night, as I said in the uh, monologue. Uh, and, and you know what? Before we get right to the Reds, I know we're only a month plus into the season, but this whole Mets thing just has a bad vibe about it. Right? Everybody wondered, including here on the program, when they went out and spent all this money on Scherzer and Verlander, Verlander starting tonight against Hunter Green. I mean, if you're into baseball and you want to go see this, you know, future Hall of Famer against, you know, the hardest-throwing pitcher in Major League Baseball who has been very mediocre so far this year, and that's Hunter Green. Uh, but big-time prospect. A lot of people expecting big things from Hunter Green. Uh, tonight, they square off with one another at Great American Ballpark. Um, are either one of you going to the game tonight? Hmm. Are tickets available? I believe they are. <laughs> Uh, who knows? Maybe I can convince Alex to go down there. Oh, no, she's got something going on. I mean, I, I'm free. I could go down there, watch them. Uh, I will not be there. Uh, I will not be there tonight. I might try and sneak out and play golf tonight. It's a nice night. Tonight and tomorrow. Don't know 100% yet, but I will not be at the Reds game tonight. Okay, but, you know, um... But yeah, so, so Scherzer doesn't start last night. Verlander tonight. And Scherzer has been, I mean, less than average so far this year. He's already been suspended for 10 games this year for the stuff on his glove, right? Uh, and the guy's a future Hall of Famer. Total gamer would be at the top of the list of NCN, no doubt about it. <laughs> but both of those guys are knocking on the door of 40. Verlander has only been able to make one start the whole year. And we're only a month and a half in, but that was in Detroit against a team he came up with. And he was only able to go five innings in that game. Gave up back-to-back -back home runs in the first. The only two runs he allowed, four scoreless after that. Second start tonight. They've lost 12 out of 15 games. And their manager, Buck Showalter, who rarely gets thrown out of games. In fact, it's the first time he's been thrown out of a game this year. He gets run last night. Um, do you think there's any chance in the world, Paul, any chance in the world that Buck Showalter is feeling some heat? Oh, man. I don't know. New that York, he, New York. I, I'm sure he's feeling some heat just because of the New York media and how that works, but I don't know, Tom. You would know the dynamics much better than I would there as far as Buck goes and how the New York media works. That's, it's a tough situation for him to be in in the sense of the money that they've spent, the investment from ownership and everything else, and you're just not seeing the results on the field at all. Mets fans are extremely frustrated. They should be competing at a much higher level than they are, and they suck. They're not good. They are really, really bad. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I, if you're asking me the question, do I think he's in trouble right now? No. They've spent a fortune on a veteran team. 
He is a veteran manager taking multiple teams to the playoffs. The knock on Showwater, of course, is what happens once you get to the playoffs. I think he's only won one playoff series in his career. I think. It's one. Now, he managed some bad teams in Baltimore and was there for a long, long time. And the guy is an outstanding major league manager. But, you know, the jokes go that, you know, when he leaves, all of a sudden, the year after he leaves a team, they go and play or win the World Series, right? It happened when he was with the Yankees. He leaves two and a half years ahead of time uh, to take over the Diamondbacks, right? Torrey comes in, Yankees win the World Series. He goes to Arizona. He's there for the first three years of the franchise. Gets them to the playoffs. They get beat by the Mets in the opening round. He gets fired. Bob Brenly walks in the door, wins a World Series the next year. He goes down to Texas, right? Builds up the Rangers a whole nine yards. He gets run. New guy comes in, Washington. They play in the World Series. Now he's in New York again with the Mets. Uh, I think he's a great manager. But I don't think he's in trouble yet because they spent too much money on him. They spent too much money on their team to all of a sudden be pressing the panic button two games under 500 a month and a half into the season. Meanwhile, for the Redlegs, TJ Friedel. I mean, is this guy for you, Paul Fritchner? Is TJ Friedel? We wondered at the beginning of the year, I wondered whether they had more than two players, and I'm taking Votto out of the mix because he's gone at the end of the year. They had two players that you would build a foundation with moving forward. Although, let me say, right opportunity came along. Somebody wants India. Somebody wants Stevenson. If the price is right, none of these guys, is un not one, is untouchable. But there are two guys you're going to build it on and I'm taking the pitching staff out of the equation here. We know those front three guys are who they're building the whole thing around. Position player-wise, you have Stevenson and you have India. Is Friedel all of a sudden a guy you're looking at and saying, you know what? He could be a foundational piece for this franchise. Well, I mean, if he keeps up playing the way he is right now, for sure. I mean, he's look at what he's hitting, over 300. He's making plays defensively. Friedel has been playing at an all-star level. There's no other way to say it. He's been playing at an all-star level so far this season. And if he keeps that up, it's again, it goes back to what we always talk about here. It's it's just it's how baseball works. It's sustained success. Can a guy like TJ Friedel, who wasn't expected to be some kind of cornerstone piece or somebody that you built around, can he turn into something like that? Can he keep this up over the course of of an entire season. You're starting to get a bigger sample size now that you're 30, 40 games into the season. Yep. But can he keep all of those numbers up by the 4th of July, by August 1st? If he is, if he's still hitting 280, 295 by August 1st, then you got something there. Well, he's currently at 325 for the season. That won't keep up. But yeah. Just for the month of uh, May alone, which has only been 10 days, he's averaging 0.417 yep. 
and that's pretty dang good. Um, All right, it's just teaching Casey now. I, I, I was gonna let you do it. We're teaching Casey. You ready, big boy? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, now look, this isn't this isn't like you know calling the kid out in class. This isn't one of those deals. This is a this is a welcoming, inclusive show, off the bench. Okay, so we are always supporting one another. This is a safe space, as your generation likes to say. Yep. Okay, so this is where Casey should feel no no embarrassment. No, nothing. That is not the idea. So, Casey, when you're giving somebody's batting average, as you were just starting to do, yeah. right, we're going to lose the point. So you're I, just going to say, if you look at the last seven, the last 10 days, T.J. Friedel's batting average is? 417. 417. 417. 417. Well, I said, it, I said it right the first time. You did say it I right I said it right time. when I was talking about the whole season. I just, when I read it, I... Yeah, like li I literally read it off the and off the screen. <laughs> is his OPS? He'd be hitting at over a thousand. His OPS would be over a thousand. Like that's how you would read that. Over a thousand. Yeah. So like eleven eleven ninety would be his OPS. Gotcha. Okay. So take away the punctuation. Got so it. go ahead. You were starting to say about freedom. We move on. Well, just just that in this month alone. 417 is not bad. Well, uh, not bad. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then Jonathan India, he's the next closest, and he's at 307. And for the month, uh, for the month, he's at 385. I mean, the team just in this month alone has been hitting really well. Yes, they I mean, have. At least the guys that need to hit well. Yeah. And that's why they've been winning. I also like to point out, Tom, I wore the Viking helmet the entire show. Yesterday, and, and they you won. haven't put it on, and we have we have 37 minutes left in the show today. We're testing it out, folks. We're testing it out. We're testing the waters, making sure that the thing is not directly tied to them winning and losing. It's really sad watching a guy like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer get older, especially somebody like Scherzer who meant so much to me as a Nationals fan in the last 10 years, and watching him dominate back in 2015. That was a year that. Bryce Harper won the MVP. The Nationals didn't even make the playoffs that year. But Scherzer, it felt like every time Scherzer went out and pitched, he felt like he was going to throw a no-hitter. He threw two, threw one against the Mets, and he threw one against the Pirates, which should have been a perfect game. I rewatched the highlights of that last night. I think last was, night? Well, Scherzer was pitching, so it kind of, oh, okay. kind of brought right. it okay. up in my All mind. Right. Okay. And I don't know if you remember that game, Tom, but that was the game that Scherzer had – Two strikes, two outs, two strikes yep, yep. in the ninth inning. And Jose Tabata leaned in on the pitch, and he was awarded first base. And he still got the no-hitter. That was the only runner that reached. But the umpire should have kept Tabata in the box. Only reason I bring that up was because he was going to pitch last night. He got scratched. Just, it's a bummer seeing these guys get older and not be quite as dominant as they, as they always were. Because prime Max Scherzer, oh, yeah. really, really prime Max Scherzer. Yep was just one of the most fun pitchers of this generation to watch. When he would stomp no around the mound, get mad at his manager for coming out to get him from the game, wouldn't want to give up the ball, talking to himself, spitting at himself, screaming at himself. Just one of the most entertaining guys to watch. And now, you know, he gets suspended for the for the whatever it is on the ball, and then he gets 
scratched and the star. It just, it's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch when you watch guys. And look, the Reds fans are, are, are going to go through this. He's not in uniform yet, but this year with Votto. Right? Yeah. Is watching a guy get old. And it doesn't mean he can't come back whenever he comes back. If he comes back, it doesn't mean he can't come back and play well. And clearly, Votto and Scherzer are in two different galaxies right now. Scherzer is still throwing the ball very well. He's been stunted by a couple of injuries this year. He had a 10-game suspension. He was late getting started in spring training. I think everybody agrees that Scherzer is going to get it together. He may not be the guy of 2015 or whatever, yeah. but he, he is going to get it together because he's still got good stuff. Verlander still has great stuff. He's just got to get healthy. He's just got to be healthy. That's right. He was fine last second. But that's the problem with the older guys. And, I mean, you know, you say it all the time. And, look, I'm not an athlete, and most of you in the chat aren't. I mean, stuff all of a sudden just starts happening when you get older for no reason at all. And these are, I mean, Scherzer and Verlander are in great physical condition. They both look great. They're lean. They've stayed fit. The whole nine yards, they haven't gotten heavy. Um, but all of a sudden, as you get older, and I'm not telling anybody this isn't breaking news, uh, it's like Scherzer saying, all of a sudden you wake up and your neck's locked up. Well, why did that happen? How did that happen? Didn't happen when you were 27. Yeah, that's what I mean. And like Reed points out in the chat, Verlander, skill-wise, like on the on the mound, he's been fine, more than fine. Could argue he's been as best as, as good as he's ever been. But you get older, things start to break down, get hurt, kicking around. He also went to the Mets. That's you don't been, like the Mets? Well, if you're a if you pitch for the Mets, you're, you're not going to pitch. You're going to get hurt. It's just how it works. I don't know why that franchise is as cursed as they are with pitching, but whether it's DeGrom, Syndergaard, yep. any you of those guys. Who the game with a cut finger last night after one inning? Who did? Syndergaard. Oh. Yeah. Not for the Mets, obviously. But any of those guys. You get in the game for the Mets, you're not pitching. It's just as simple as that. Now you see Scherzer and Verlander the same way. That's a danger when you sign those guys uh, to big money contracts at their age. You are hoping they have, as the saying goes, and look, Verlander might pitch, Scherzer might pitch for four or five more years and be great. I don't know. You don't know. We don't have a crystal ball, right? They're competitive enough. They're competitive like just enough. As, just as, as men, yes. they are both competitive enough. Verlander, obviously, I would give the edge to right yes. now as far as on-the-field skill. Yep. Scherzer, Scherzer feels like he's, he's not – nearly at that level. Verlander's just got to stay healthy. You know, Richard Stites brings up a great point. Does the pitch clock bother the more veteran pitchers? I think that's a very good question. Yeah, no idea. It's a very, very interesting question. Um, okay, most people in the chat have been saying they're happy with the way the Reds have played so far this year. And I would concur. They've hit better, as Casey pointed out. They've hit a lot better than I would have thought. Again, I, I lost that crystal ball a long time ago. In fact, I, I don't think I've ever found it. But they've hit a lot better than I thought they would. And look, if you're going to give them credit for hitting better than you thought they would, which they have, then you also have to ask the question, as we asked my dad yesterday, where are they really what do you really think about Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft? 
What do you really think so far, small sample size, as you point out? I mean, if you had to rank them in order, I would say, tell me if you agree or disagree. I would say Ashcraft won, coming off the worst start of his major league career. Nonetheless, Ashcraft won. And I would say a third-place tie without even a second place between Green and Lodolo. Lodolo had that nice run, but the last three, four, five starts have not been good. No. And Hunter Green has been mediocre at best. So I don't even have a second place. I put them both in third. You? PB's Ghost wonders if Hunter Green is a Homer Bailey. I'm not going to go there yet. He's so young. Yeah, you can't we go can't there. Do that. No yeah, way. You Come doing? on now, PB's Ghost. We love you and you have great opinions on here, but come on. Um, as far as the pitchers go, if you're going to ask me right this second, which of the three would I rather go out in a wild card game to try and win? No, no, no. I'm asking you so far the way they've pitched this season. How would you yeah, like? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I get what you. Okay, that's fair. Like, enough. go ahead. Like, if I, I'm just saying, like, if if you're if you're looking at one guy there that you need, Ashcraft's my guy right now. Seems like consistently over the yep. course of the season, he's been, um, he's been good. And I I don't have his baseball reference up yet, right in front of me. But uh, I, I I it feels to me at least from watching him night in and night out that if you need a guy to go out there and give you some good innings, it's it's been Graham that's been able to navigate some of those things. Two and one. Uh, 3.82, 30 strikeouts, 1.3 whip. Eh. I mean, yeah, all right. I'll go with Ashcraft. Yeah, I would go I would go Ashcraft. They get lit up in the last one, though. Lodolo, Green. That would be my list right now. So he's made five starts this year? Graham? No, 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 more than that. More than that. Right? He has to have made more than that. Who's that? I'm looking at his last five. That's my bad. I'm looking at his last five starts, Graham Ashcraft. Okay. But either way, pulling it out, he's hasn't allowed more than two earned runs in a start this year outside of the last one where he gave up eight. And that's one of those things, again, like what I was talking about before. You just you just throw that to the side, that one on Saturday or Sunday, the 17-4 to four game, whichever day that was, Sunday. Throw it to the side. Yeah, the well, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, but look, a lot of people, you know, in this chat. Did Homer Bailey live up to the contract that he was given? No. But it's pointed out in the chat, and I would agree. Homer Bailey was not a disaster until the last year or two of that contract when injuries started to catch up with him. But if you go back to when he became a starter, a full time starter okay just like hunter green was last year right and lodolo last year ashcraft missed a lot of time all of them missed a little bit of time but they were able to make roughly the same number of starts last year their first full year in the big leagues as bailey made his first year in the big leagues homer bailey's first full year in the major leagues he goes eight and five in 20 starts and he has a 4-5 ERA. Is that great? No. Disaster? Not a chance. The next year, he only makes 19 starts. Had to battle through some injuries. His ERA is, again, at 4.5. But now let's go through the next 
four years of Mage Bailey's career. He gets the ERA down to four, four wins, nine games. The next three years, he goes 13 and 10, ERA at 3.6, 208 innings. Next year, 11 and 12, 3.4 ERA, 209 innings. The next year, he wins nine, 3.7 ERA, and pitches, uh, only makes 23 starts that year. That's when the injury started, and the last four or five years were just a disaster for Bailey after that. Do you think Hunter Green... Nick Lodolo and Nick and, and Ashcraft. Let's take Ashcraft out. Because some in the chat have said Lodolo is a left-handed Homer Bailey and Green is Homer Bailey. You think Homer Bailey or Nick Lodolo are going to put up three straight years starting, let's say, next year, their third year in the big leagues, with an ERA at three and a half for three straight years and pitch over 200 innings? I don't know the answer. What do you think? I don't know the answer, Tom. I got no idea, Tom. I don't know either. I got but no I'm just saying, idea. you know, start being careful when you start talking about, you know, comparing guys and, and killing Bailey and all that kind of thing. I mean, look, I lit up Bailey plenty of times on the air. Plenty of times. Him and my dad don't even speak to each other. But... You know, and he, he, he's an interesting dude, man. I mean, you know, he can be hard to like, but he also can be an extraordinarily interesting guy to talk to. Um, and we're going to have him on this show. Uh, I left him alone because I think I brought up to many of you who may not remember um, that I was stunned when I reached out to Homer Bailey about a month, month and a half ago. Uh, about coming on the show and found out that he is in college getting his degree at TCU of all places in ranch management. He grew up on a chicken farm. Hundreds of thousands of chickens on this farm. And now he wants to get into ranch management. Maybe he's going to take over his family's ranch. I don't know what the deal is on that. But I, I was... Uh, thought it was pretty impressive. Which, by the way, all you Ohio State haters, all of you Buckeye haters, you never commented on Justin Fields going back and finishing his degree. He was in Ohio State's commencement ceremony the other day. I saw that. What would you like me to say on that, no, I'm just saying all you guys hate on the Buckeyes all the time. That's all I'm saying. All you guys are hating on the Buckeyes all the time. There's a little success for a Ohio State quarterback. <laughs> Dig. <laughs> An honorary. <laughs> Alex Wallace's honorary degree was not a, a, a honorary degree. And Ronnie Smith, you're right. Let bygones be bygones, Homer. Let it go. All right, NBA. Oh, yeah. You got to admit. And we talked about the stars yesterday, right? It's been said the three best players so far in this postseason 
of all the teams left in the NBA, right? It's been said the three best players so far this season, postseason, have been LeBron, no, no particular order, LeBron James, Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, right? And Bede is starting to enter that conversation a little bit, right? But Jokic, no, I'm sorry, Jokic, I'm wrong, four best. Jokic, Devin Booker, LeBron, Jimmy Butler. Which guy takes his team the furthest into the postseason? LeBron. Why? Because he's playing. You mean this current postseason? This current postseason. Yes. So you're saying you think LeBron is going to lead if they can finish off their series and if Denver can finish off Phoenix. You think LeBron leads the Lakers past the Nuggets? Yes. Casey? Ooh, um, I'm going to say the 76ers. I really believe in the process, as we like to call it, for Joel Embiid. I've really Did loved Did you just this. say the process? Yeah, trust the process, Tom. He is the process. I mean, quite literally the one that invented. I've already used some terminology from your generation today with safe space. <laughs> That's what this place is. We yeah. want it to be. Yeah, Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I, I really... I really do think Joel can 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 win it all. I really do. I just when I look at this team and where they have to like who they got to play next, right? Yep. If they they do in fact beat the Celtics, they either pl they play they're probably going to play Jimmy Butler in the Heat, and uh, I don't know, man. I I just. If it's uh, superstar versus superstars, I'll take the bigger superstars than James Harden and and Joel over Jimmy Butler, Bam Amadio, That'd be out of bio. Out of bio. It's all right. And uh, you know, I I just I think the 76ers have a better overall. They have better talent. Like they have. They bigger do. Superstars. I think we agree with that. You but agree maybe, with that, Paul? Yeah. Okay. But maybe the Heat are better. Balance overall. That's a valid that, point as well. I think that's going to be my biggest game to watch out of the East Finals, or just out of the finals, in my opinion. The most underrated as well. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Sixers can do. Like I've said yesterday, I, I just really want to see if the Sixers can get to the title. Can they get to the NBA Finals? And if the Sixers play the Lakers in the NBA Finals, that would be an elite Finals. Philadelphia against L.A., that would be just what the NBA wants. It also uh, completes the quadfecta of Philadelphia teams making it to the Finals in 2023, I believe, or within the, the sporting... The Flyers did? Did the Flyers play, play the Avalanche last year? Well, it was the Eagles, and it would be... Um, the FC, or not FC team. Oh, the, the you're right. Club. Philadelphia Union. And then uh, who else was it? The baseball team. Right? The Phillies. Phillies. So all, all three of those. And then this would be a, a quadfecta. Got it. If uh, the 76ers make it. so. You know, the Anthony Davis versus uh, Jokic thing. 
I was looking up last night a little bit. Have you ever seen, if they end up going head-to-head, right now there are other players on each team. Denver will be the number one seed. Lakers trying to finish it off. That's not a done deal, even though it's 3-1. to one. Uh, But the Lakers are up 3-1 to one on Golden State. And Denver, that's not a done deal either because game six is in Phoenix of that series. And the Suns won their two games in that series already at home. But if it's Jokic versus Anthony Davis, now they're different players, right? But in the head-to-head meetings between Davis and Jokic, Davis has overwhelmingly outplayed Jokic. 14-11 record, including 4-1 in the postseason. Anthony Davis has averaged 27 points and 9 rebounds a game. Jokic has averaged only 19 points per game Hmm. and nine rebounds. So a wash on the rebounds, right? And and Jokic is always going to have more assists than Davis. But Davis does present an enormous challenge for the guy, even though Embiid won the MVP, Jokic should have won it again this year. His numbers were better this year than they were the last two years he won the MVP. He's the best player in the league. Great? Yeah. Okay. Does that mean anything to you that Davis has put up those kind of numbers going up head-to-head against him? I think so, and and Davis has been defending at a pretty high level too. So if the question becomes what can they get out of Anthony Davis, can they get the consistency that they need out of Anthony Davis to have some success in the series, things are setting up for the Lakers right now. And I think that a Lakers-Nuggets Western Conference Finals would be electric. And it's a shame Chris Paul's not getting a chance to do this right now with the Suns. I hate seeing him on the bench. I really wish Chris Paul had a chance here. And, you know, we go back to talking about these guys that are getting older. Yep. So we were talking about in baseball. Chris Paul, he's, he's on the older end of things. Is this the last the time, you think? Or do you think he'll have one more shot? I don't know what the contract deal is and, I, you know, trading for KD. And I, I think they, they'll they be in the conversation in the West if he's around and KD's around and DeAndre Ayton and the rest. Like They will be in the conversation. But it's a bummer that they get here to the Western Conference semis and just get their doors blown off. That game last night was never close. That game last night was – I watched almost the whole thing. It was, it was never close. Chris Paul not being there is a dagger. How about that whole thing with Jokic going over by the Suns' uh, bench? Did you see that whole thing? He goes over there. Ishpia. Yeah, well, no, that, that, that was kind of a playful thing about the ball. Oh, you're talking about last night. Yeah, but I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. – yeah. I thought you were too talking about last night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ish, the Ishpia thing happened tonight. No, no, the, no, the, I know that. But then last night oh, there was a little playful moment between yes. the two where he gave him the ball yes. and all that kind of thing. And so, you know, and, and look, I give it up to the Suns owner because he was the one that said, even though he was involved in that whole thing over down in the corner uh, in game five, game four uh, in Phoenix. Um, and he said, look, he, you know, Jokic got a technical foul, but he's like, there's no way this guy should be suspended for the next game. Move on. And, and they had a little fun with it before the game. Both of them did. Um, but, but last night, um, Jokic comes walking timeout on the floor Suns are huddling up. 
Jokic comes walking by, kind of leans into the huddle like he's listening to what's going on, right? KD gives him a little shove, and, you know, the, the, the big flop, down goes Jokic. They tee up Durant. Yep. Right? And that whole thing. So, I mean, the guy's the, 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 the guy is, is, is doing everything he can uh, to get in the head of, of the Suns, and he probably gets in the head of every team he plays against. Do you think Chris Ball is going to retire? No. I think he is competitive enough that he wants to try and give this another run where he's fully healthy and he's not sitting on the bench when it matters, which is what it feels like he always is. You know, you talk about great players. And look, I'm the first one to admit, I, in the regular season, I don't watch a lot of it, and his career speaks for itself, and some of you out there are going to be like, duh. But, man, Kevin Durant, <sighs> I mean, that dude is unbelievable. Yeah. He really is unbelievable player. For his size, as tall as he is, and as, as athletic as he is, and look, he's been around a block for a long time too now. But that dude, when you get him on the floor, and he's had a problem staying on the floor, yeah. especially this year. He's had injuries, a trade, the whole nine yards. But man, I'm not so sure at the end of the day when he's healthy that he's still not one of the top two, three, four players in the league. Yeah. No, I mean, he has been around for, I've told the story about seeing him in high school at, at Montrose Christian way, way, way back when. I never saw him personally. I never went to one of those games, but he was always the talk of the town. He went to high school just a few minutes from me and, and then went to Texas and then now in the NBA. And is feels like it was – feels like his career is just – I don't know. It, it, it You do get a, a weird sense of his career because with the Thunder and he's bounced around and he's been hurt and then when he plays and – and then all the drama off the court when he gets on social media and everything. He's just a fascinating guy to watch. And uh, what he can do on the court as one of the best true scorers that the game has ever seen. No doubt. Is special. Still is now. Oh, yeah. I mean, step out from 28 feet, knock one down with somebody in his face. Did that a couple of times last night. He's so lanky. Yep. He's he can not take gonna... it to the rack. Yeah. Remember when it was a big deal when he was coming out of I, – I think it was coming out of college. Maybe it was the NBA draft combine. Uh, and he couldn't bench the 185. Remember that when that was such a big deal? Or maybe he couldn't bench in a certain number of times or whatever. And right, everybody, right. Ah, right. this big – you know, it's just big spaghetti noodle. You know, he's not – is he really which he built is. for every – Which he – but he is. And he can still score at the level that he's scoring at. And it's awesome to watch. I love a guy like Kevin Durant that is just – his act might get tired on people, but I I enjoy seeing a guy go out there and perform at the level that he does and knowing that he's always going to be Kevin Durant. He's never going to be fake. He's going to be true to himself whenever, even if that might make some people angry. He's always just going to – Shoot it straight, tell it like it is, be himself online, be always online, and play some of the some of the best basketball that that you'll watch. And he's still at that level even all these years later. 
All right. Uh, we got about 10 minutes left in the program here. Uh, anything else we need to cover here, men? We, is there anything on after us? Is box lunch today? Reed is coming on for box lunch after us, yes. Okay. All right. Anything else you, that's on your mind today? Um, I am trying to think if there's anything that we didn't have that we didn't cover. All right, let me circle back one more time on the NBA playoffs. You okay. continue to think about that because, it, it, you know, after Philadelphia wins last night and – you know, that series has been a really weird series because you had Harden, who had the monster game one. He had another big game, kind of disappeared for a couple of games, which has sort of been his M.O. in the postseason. He's never won a title like Paul. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it almost looked like Philly last night. You talk about a game that was a complete tail kicking. I mean, that was a complete and utter dismantling in a game five on the line on the opponent's home floor. Philadelphia destroyed Boston last night. I've never been a big Boston guy these last couple of years when everybody was all excited about Boston. And they've had a lot of success. But I, I don't like their team built for a playoff run. I never have. And maybe they'll make me eat my words. But do you think Boston can go in there, beat Philadelphia in Philly, and then come back? Because if they come back, I mean, last night notwithstanding, Philadelphia uh, has a chance to win it at home. But Boston, by and large, has been great at home. Can Philadelphia still win that? I mean, Boston still win that series, yay or nay? Boston has the talent to win the series, but after watching all these games, it feels like they just – it feels like they've gotten run over. I don't see Boston winning the next two, but they have the talent to do it. I just don't see it happening. I think Philadelphia wins it. Casey? It might go to seven, but I think Philadelphia wins it. Yeah, I think Philly wins it. I do too. Boston just hasn't shown me enough when it really, really matters. This team in the postseason – Yep. You can't fold like that. You can get beat. You can't get blown out. Right. At home. Cons yeah. You, you can't turn in a game like that when the series is tied. You can't, you can't just no-show. And they completely no-showed. That game was never close. Never close. In fact, I, I brought up in the uh, monologue that uh, the, the, the home crowd was booing the Celtics. At the Garden last night when they fell behind 21 in the fourth quarter. Um, all right, now look, you see the call up there. We've gotten away from this. And look, I know this is like um, Morse code here. <laughs> Trying to get in on this deal. Right, Casey? I don't think it's that difficult. All right. Let's see if we can sneak in a call. A couple of people are worried that uh, you'll block the number, Casey. Mm. Once you know who it is. So you can call 605 313-5854. And look, we're going to start doing more and more of this moving forward. Okay? So for those of you that are regulars on the chat, those of you that are new to the chat, we're going to start doing more and more of this, of taking phone calls. So once you dial that number, here's where the Morse code comes into effect. Or as Sir Boy Wonder would say, the Norse code with the Viking helmet over there. And Casey... 
You punch in 537. They don't have to do a dash, do they? No. Okay. 537-047-6 and the star. 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 Okay. I mean, some people, Casey, are still very upset thinking you have blocked them permanently from the chat, including Leif Erickson. Oh, I didn't block Leif. Leif left on his own volition. Why did he leave? It's one of the greatest mysteries in the world. Fred says, I'll call in on Friday if lines are open. Well, lines are open. Looked like we had somebody. We did? Might be. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. We got to do something with technology here to make it easier. I don't know what it is, and if it costs too much money, maybe we can't do it. Problem is having the screening that we that that we need. And look, uh, listen, that you know, that's a great point. Okay, look, if you're gonna be a jag, just don't call. <laughs> Seriously, if you're gonna call in, okay, because we can't hit some cutoff button, right? If you're gonna call in just to do something, um, you know, stupid. Right? Come on. All right? Let somebody else call in who actually might want to call in and talk about something. Or make a legitimate point about something, even if we disagree with it. We're all about open speech here. Do we have somebody ready to go? We do. Okay, who's in? Yeah. Who's it's this? TV's How we doing? doing? How we doing, Tom? I'm I doing to good. How you, I'm glad you did. How you doing? No, not too bad. I wanted to call in because Reed and I have been teasing him about his uh, high-pitched voice, and he asked if I sounded like Sam Elliott, so I want him to hear my voice. And uh, just tell him I'm just riveting. I enjoy the chat. I love the show, and uh, I love the direction you guys go, especially the stuff with Lee Ely and Tommy Lasorda a little while back. That <laughs> stuff was hilarious. Um I uh, love the chat, love ribbing some of the guys, teasing Casey with about him wielding the claw hammer. So you had to call in, so I figured being a, a regular, I'd give you a call. And uh, I won't be there tomorrow. i got a doctor's appointment. I just had back surgery a couple of weeks ago. How are you doing so after surgery? You hanging in there? Yeah, it's a little better. It's a little better. Uh, hopefully this one takes. I've had a few other things done, but okay. this one's doing okay. Good. But I wanted Mark. to let you know, hey, I love it. wanted to... Let you know I'm just razzing the guys, not taking anything personal. And, Casey, please don't put me in chat jail anymore. <laughs> oh, boy. PB, we're so glad you got that in before you got out of here. Hey, look, good luck on your back appointment tomorrow and your doctor's appointment. And uh, we love having you here every day, and we appreciate you being here. So have a great rest of your day, and thanks for calling. He already left. He already left. That's awesome. Good stuff. Everybody, chiming in about PB. See, now that, that's, that, that's a nice call, right? Yep, yep. I mean, you know, he's having a little fun with Reed. He did sound a little bit like Sam Elliott there. I got to agree. Speaking of big leaguers, that's a big leaguer. Sam Elliott. Have you watched that show? Not, not yet. I haven't gotten to it yet. Haven't gotten to it yet. We got to get into some show talk tomorrow, okay? Have you, did you finish it? Finish it off. You finished it, and you you're leading so the 11:56. I did. I finished it off over the weekend. 
stayed up till 1.38. Two nights in a row. It's Wednesday, and we're just finding this out? Yeah, I finished it off. and Breaking uh, Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad. Finally finished it. Fantastic show. Fantastic. Very dark. Very depressing at the end. But it was a great ending. Oh, oh, for sure. No doubt. But what is this thing now I'm seeing that is like a Breaking Bad movie that just popped up on Netflix yesterday? El Camino. Yeah, what is That's that? That's the Je- Jesse got his own like two-hour movie spinoff. So they okay. didn't do a whole series because they did Better Call Saul, which was the whole spinoff right, series from right, Saul Goodman. Right. So they wanted to do some more content, but they didn't want to make a whole show out of Jesse. So they just gave him a two-hour movie. It was pretty good. Hey, we just found out, by the way, that uh, Ronnie Smith, who's here regularly, is uh, in Phoenix and watching our show today. Yeah. All right. So what I need tomorrow from some of you at home, and we've talked about this a little bit before, I need to find a new show that my wife and I can watch together because we always have one or two we watch, right? And we're going to have a lot more time, although the kids are coming back going to be around all summer. But we have more time coming up to do that if we want to. We don't watch a lot of TV. In fact, it rarely ever gets turned on in our house. But the times where she and I decide, okay, we're going to find a show. So we've gone through um, we've gone through a number of shows. Billions. We enjoyed that one. Right? Have you guys watched that? I would highly recommend Billions. I have not watched that. I would highly recommend it. Um, it is fantastic. So Billions... Uh, we've gone through, um, come on, what's the Costner one? Come on. Yellowstone? Yeah, Yellowstone. Oh. I've uh, drawn a blank. Uh, we've been wrestling with, you know, do we now go down the road of 1883 and 1923? Everybody on this chat and everybody continues to tell me the succession is the way to go. Up next for she and I. Or does that become my kind of show? Just that's the one I go on my own. Have you watched Succession? Remember, Tom, we're going to do it together. All right, we're going to do it together. You and I will do that that's one great. together. Um, see, now, Casey, you, you know, you are kind of, uh, you know, your tastes are a little further out than mine. You like going into the, to the surreal world, things like that, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I do have a little bit of breaking news. Let's hear it. A little bit. This is not actually news yet. It's a proposed plan. And behind the scenes, if, you, if you're kind of familiar with the Cincinnati scene, uh, you may have heard whisperings of this for years, but this is the first time I've actually seen this in a headline. Charleston businessman Ben Navarro just proposed a new state-of-the-art professional tennis stadium for West Charlotte in Carolina. Along with the stadium and its campus, the pitch includes relocating the Western and Southern Open down to Carolina. Well, if you remember now, Mr. Barrett, who's the leader of the whole operation, right? He did everything he could. Chicago was trying to steal that tournament for a long, long time. And he didn't let it happen. Um, there have been rumors of this because I, I, the guy that has this has obviously Carolina connections and has been talking about this. I've heard rumblings about this for maybe the last year or two years, but I had never actually seen anything concrete enough or in the public enough to talk about it. And it just came across. So that would be, uh, that'd be, that'd be a bummer. Cause that's, 
Not that I'm a huge tennis guy, but going up to that, that would be a total bummer. Going up, it's not going to happen. Going up to that event for one or two of the days, it's a great time. I, if I don't, I'm sure you've many times. Yeah, yeah. It, it is one of the it's best phenomenal. events in this town. I would make the argument it's the single best event in this town year after year. It's an incredibly successful tournament. The players love coming to play here because it gets them out of the cities where they normally go to, and they stay out in the suburbs. They can bring their families and feel safe. That tournament's not going anywhere. Well, I hope not. It's not going anywhere. That's my opinion, and I could be totally wrong. All right. Um, all right. Jolly Jolly's back today. He's been gone for a long time. I think he's doing a lot of NASCAR these days. Yeah, I saw that. Good for Jolly. Good to have him back. Yeah, absolutely. Good to have him back. All right, Reed Mouse, what's happening, my man? We got box lunch coming up. Anything on your mind? Want to react to anything happening? Anything from the show? Listen, I've long said that box lunch is like the chat show. It's a, it's a chance for the the chat to let it tear down and and really not that it not that the chat ever has a tear up, really. No, definitely right? not. <laughs> but Casey's been a heel in the chat as of late, and we're gonna get down. We're gonna we're gonna mediate between a the heel, chip. a heel. He's I don't been, think I'm that big of a heel. You've been blocking people, Casey. This is I don't. I did not block anyone. I put him in timeout. I put him in timeout because he was ripping my Blantucky. Blantucky. It's, 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 it's not Clownchester. It's Blantucky. I will not call it Blantucky because I don't like it when people call it Hamiltucky. That's right. We're not allowed to say that around here. But Clownchester did make me giggle a little bit. It did make me giggle. I'm sorry that I giggled at that. But <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure out what's going on between Casey and the chat. But then we're gonna talk about the Reds and uh, so Tom, as we are teaching Casey the game of baseball. Yeah. He didn't know the words to take me out to the ball game. When we started and uh, doing the Miami games back in March okay. and hearing it every softball game, every baseball game, I'd turn to Casey and I'd look at it. I was like, do you know the words yet? Do you know the words yet? And he'd mime it. So I'll, if Casey would divulge at some point in the show, when we get to the seventh inning stretch of box wow. lunch, I would love to see it's a pop quiz for Casey. If he can sing, take me out to the ball game. I'll pull up this. <laughs> I'll pull up the track and put it underneath. Just hold up, hold up. Casey, you have a Reds lid, you have a Miami lid, anything. If you're going to do it, you got to have, you know, like something baseball. The Viking helmet doesn't cut it. Uh, Headlines has got something you can put on. Right, Reed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we figure something out. Yeah. we got to have Absolutely. a baseball lid if you're going to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. That's fair. Okay. Tom, did you ever, you ever lead Wrigley Field and, and Take Me Out to the I Ball did. Game? I did. I love that. It's a great tradition. I saw the other day, I was sitting, and my son was flipping through some of the baseball games, and it just happened to be the seventh inning at Wrigley when mm -hmm. he's clicking through. And they did it where it wasn't somebody else. It was just a video of Harry. Of Harry, right. Oh, God. What memories that brought back. Uh, it was just, it was so cool to see it. I love when they do that. I love when they have other people come in and do it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Really cool. All right, Casey. Paul, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Tom. Never put on the Viking lid. That means the Reds are taking a tail kicking tonight. We didn't put it on one time. It's time now, boys and girls. Box lunch. Here we go.